Mamas in the crowd. Here's a real question for you. How white are your spaces? And to be honest, when we have written this in our show notes and in our title, we had to write it out as W-H-Y-T-E. We write it that way because the censors seem to be limiting our ability to write it as W-H-I-T-E without being hurt by the algorithms. You need to know that. Our show is called Dear White Women. It makes it very difficult to get the word out when we're being censored. But really, right? when we talk about a summer of action, we mean starting within your very own spheres of influence. And as moms, we have a lot of influence. So let's start by looking at our own circles. That's why today we are so excited to bring you a conversation with Larissa Cortien, who is the Senior Director of Partnerships and Experiences at Hey Mama, an international women's networking group who helps the organization more consciously address the incredibly diverse experiences and identities of moms in our world, and not just the white ones. Welcome to the Dear White Women podcast, the show that aims to help white women use their privilege to uproot systemic racism. We are your biracial hosts, Misasha and Sarah. Hi, so I am Larissa. Actually, I'll give you the full princess name. I am Larissa Sinying Melendez Maracordian. I am half Filipina, half Chinese. I am the daughter of immigrants, and I was born and raised um, in Northern California. Came to New York City for college. And currently I work at Hey Mama as the senior director of brand partnerships and experiences. And I am the mom to a very crazy, fun, spunky four-year-old named Ivy. And I'm pregnant with a rainbow baby due in June. Congratulations. Yay. Congratulations. So Hey Mama is what connected the three of us in the first place. It's really this community of a global community, really, of entrepreneur moms. What brought you to Himama? Yeah. So I actually, I was a founding member, like back when the website was just like a Squarespace website back in the day. And I joined initially because one of my girlfriends that I followed on Instagram had been talking about how much fun it was. And at the time I was a business owner myself. So I ran a virtual assistant firm and I joined to get clients. I actually got two new clients. So the membership fee that I paid for ended up paying for itself. I went to all these different events and just got to know all these amazing women, so many different exciting perks. And then about a year and a half into my membership, the CEO of the company, Katia, sent out an email to the forum saying, are you our next hire? She had a whole job description and a LinkedIn post. And I just was super ballsy and replied back to her. And I was like, listen, I don't have a resume, but your entire job posting described me to a T. Let me know if you want to meet. And so we met and she basically hired me on the spot. And I think I started not even a week later. And it's kind of been, you know, I haven't looked back ever since I shut down my business and did the whole thing and um, actually came on as Hey Mama employee number one, which was really exciting. It's been really exciting to watch the company grow and like sit inside of it. I remember when we were a team of five um, and now we've got almost 20 women. So it's been really, really amazing. So many people blow off this whole girlfriend thing and being like, oh, women are so catty or, you know, we don't support each other. That couldn't be further from the feeling that I have at Hey Mama, where people come out of the woodwork to offer support, advice, ask for help, people from all over the place supporting one another. And that said, I feel like We've heard, and and certainly I felt myself too, that many non-white moms feel like mom communities are like largely white. 
and they don't feel welcome as a result of it. And they oftentimes form their own communities rather than being the outsider in bigger white communities. Has that been your experience? And what have you noticed about that space? Yeah. So, I mean, even like taking a step back personally, I was actually raised in a majority white community. So for me, I've actually always flocked to majority white communities. I actually have a really hard time connecting with like my AAPI sisters. And it's definitely something that has been a huge priority for me this year and last year. But I think, you know, it is so important to have the dynamic options within the communities, right? Moms are not a monolith and like no one group is a monolith either, you know? So there's really no like single standard experience for how people are going to relate to each other and even how they're going to relate to whiteness and their own non-whiteness if you will. So yeah, it's definitely been interesting because I really have been seeking out a ton more AAPI friends to the point where, you know, everyone, my husband's white, all my best friends are white, but personally, like, so now all my AAPI girlfriends, they're all my Instagram friends, actually. (laughs) That's kind of where they're like my Instagram friends or they're the AAPI community that I've met through Hey Mama. I think, you know, this is something that Sarah and I talk about a lot. And Sarah's laughing because she knew I was going to say this too, because we talk about this because, and I think we both live in majority white communities and how we view ourselves and our circle of friends within those communities is like polar opposite in a lot of ways. Like I will tell Sarah, I've like talked to like my two white friends, you know, this week and of which, because all my other friends are not. And so I think that identity and how we look at ourselves and community is a really interesting point. And to your larger point about, you know, making space in communities, even those communities that present as largely white for diverse individuals and more diverse viewpoints, I feel like having been with Hey Mama for a couple of years now, I've seen sort of a change in the programming and a change in the focus around and focusing on more diverse viewpoints, like more open talks about race and racism, for example, and recently sort of a scholarship program, you know, to really reach underrepresented groups. How has Hey Mama really looked at this issue of creating those diverse spaces within community? Yeah, no, we definitely, we've come a long way. We have so much further to go, but I think the most important thing for us was really addressing it openly talking about it, being super transparent with our community and also honest with ourselves and about like where we're coming from, owning that we have work to do and then actually following through on those commitments. So, you know, we strive to make sure obviously that we're inclusive and that we're diverse in all the areas of business because we want to meet all moms where they are, right? Not just that specific subset of moms. So one of the things that, you know, we've done to try and be like as diligent in all of this as possible in fixing a lot of those issues has really been hiring more socially conscious and diverse staff. That has been absolutely paramount. So I was actually the only woman of color and the highest ranking woman of color at Hey Mama for a little while, you know, and we really looked at our core values and looked, obviously, I don't have to tell you guys, but, you know, diversity brings about innovation. If you've got a bunch of different viewpoints in the same room, you can build something so much better. And at the end of the day, we want to build something amazing for moms. So we realized, you know, again, having more diverse and socially conscious staff was a huge part of it. So we've engaged in DEI trainings. Of course, we hired a Hey Mama for that. That specializes there. So we were really excited about working with her. We have an ongoing um, partnership with her. We do company-wide meetings, really discussing and talking through like, how can we actually be anti-racist internally? And then how can we bring that to a lot of our community? We have 
a huge community that is actually interested in learning and like asking the questions and trying to figure out how to be anti-racist. So we've got a sub-community that is led by a couple of different members called Anti-Racist Mamas, sharing different resources, different language to speak to our children, different books to give to our children as well. And then we actually have had, as you mentioned, like the different free membership programs. So those are our Hey Mama grant programs. We partnered with Skip Hop at the beginning of this year um, to give 100 free Hey Mama memberships to Black moms or women of color. And we have a couple other ones coming up uh, later this year as well, specifically for Latinx moms um, and single moms too. So, you know, there's that. And then of course, you know, we have to keep in mind diversity is not just about race, right? So we strive to be inclusive on all fronts, you know, LGBTQ plus moms, moms of various body types. I remember when, you know, looking at my Instagram feed, like everybody looked the same. And that's a huge thing that we've been trying to do too. You know, moms with children of varying abilities, et cetera. So really trying to make sure that we understand what diversity, equity, and inclusion actually means. And then really walking the walk and talking the talk at the same time. That's awesome. And I love that you pay attention to so many different aspects of diversity because we can often get, you know, so caught up in one that we forget how different we all are and and how we can potentially meet all the needs of many, many different people. Was there a specific turning point for Hey Mama when it decided to shift focus and sort of like who was behind it? How did it get received? You know, what happened to make that shift from the time where you were one of the only people of color in the leadership? Yeah. So definitely the murder of George Floyd, I think was a huge, you know, moment of reckoning for everyone. I think, you know, and for us, we actually were really lucky. We had a key hire that I think has helped the company really shift focus. We hired a VP of branded content and really in, you know, the main way that change happens in companies like this, right. Is like someone has to go hard and say like, hi, this is a priority and never, ever, ever take their foot off the gas, right. Never pump the brakes there. And she was the person who really did that. She has been such an incredible ally and has always, you know, made sure that we are always thinking about this and it's top of mind 100%. You know, I think it's so easy for companies to like give lip service essentially. And that's something, you know, we all got together as a team and then Katya and Amory as well. And they were like, how do we make sure that this is not just a trend? How do we make sure that this is a part of our entire larger strategy? Like, what do we do? What is going to be you know, how do we make this a part of our core identity and our core beliefs? I love the thoughtfulness behind that, I think, and the intentionality with that. And also you might have answered my next question already, but, you know, I've so appreciated this very intentional focus of Hey Mama, especially over this past year, and really being very transparent about talking about these very difficult issues, which can be polarizing and can be difficult and people want to look away. But having that person there, you know, with their foot on the gas, like you were saying, saying like, no, this is very important. We need to continue to look at this is so key. And I think that, you know, that person might be lacking in maybe some of the other mom communities, right? When we think about inclusivity and we think about you know, other communities trying to do something similar. So besides that key hire, who's, you know, just, you know, 110%, like this is what we need to do. What other advice, you know, having sort of focused transition and looking forward, like, would you give to other mom communities who are really want to make this a priority? 
Yeah. I mean, I think it all starts with listening, obviously, but I think listening and actually taking action sort of at the same time, knowing that you can't just sit there and be like, no, I'm still listening and learning, right? Like the whole thing with the black square last we were like muted, muted and learning and listening and silent. You know, you definitely want to start there because it is truly the first step you know, and passing the mic, but then also figuring out there, okay, now that I've listened and I've learned a little bit here, what is our lane? Like, what can we do beyond talking, beyond addressing the problem constantly and beyond demonstrating our awareness? Like, where do we go from here? And how do we do an adequate enough job of listening to understand a problem to then for ourselves as a community, define what inclusivity really actually means for us, right? Because like you guys just mentioned, you know, to Hey Mama, inclusivity is absolutely everything, you know, and we define it in so many different ways. And there are so many, even like with our events, like making sure that we have, you know, proper captioning for everything and stuff, you know, finding ways to be inclusive above and beyond your, you know, what people initially think you want to define that beyond whiteness, like what are you unconsciously assuming about people and then actually taking action there. I do think also it's hugely beneficial to have like DEI as a part of your team and that it goes beyond lip service. It goes beyond a book club, right? Because there are people out there who really can benefit from your community and can really benefit from you changing and defining what inclusivity means. And so, you know, going beyond listening, I think is something just that a lot of companies I hope can continue to get behind because I think a lot of times people get so comfortable with listening that they forget to include the action, right? And action can be scary. I totally get it, but you have to be ready and willing to rock it out, you know? When I think that ties into the, well, why would we do it? And it's what you said at the beginning is because when you have diverse viewpoints, you have so much more interesting content and perspectives and potential in your business or in your group. And you're just so much more alive in that way and aware And so it's worth spending that time and that investment to both listen and take action to include and make accessible the things that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing I personally want is like just to be surrounded by an echo chamber. Like I love that I have such a vast network of amazing people that come from all different walks of life. And, you know, it's almost in a way, right, like the diversity that leads to innovation, like it's almost too much innovation at a time, right? And it gets exciting because there's so many different new ideas that can come from just one conversation. And to me, that's what Hey Mama is all about. I love it. I think that is so powerful. I think having that knowledge and really leaning into that knowledge is powerful as well. Is there anything we didn't ask that you want to share either about, you know, the magic that is Hey Mama or anything else? We have something very exciting where we are encouraging all moms to put motherhood on their resume. So doing that through LinkedIn and actually giving women leading workshops in order to have different trainings for women to actually confidently talk about motherhood as a transferable skill set. And so I'm super excited about that. We've got some amazing sponsors. Lincoln Motor Company is headlining that with us. And it's just going to be so, I think it's high time. You know, 2020 was such a year. And I think that at this point, motherhood really belongs on our resumes because so many of us were quarantined while still working full time, bringing home the bacon, right? But at the same time, being moms. And we're just, we're really looking forward to it. Oh my gosh, I love (laughs) that. You know, you think about, I don't know how many years I've said this, is like, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy mom. 
Yeah. Amen. Amen. I say it all the time too. Like I thought I was a super productive person and I'm sure I was, but the moment I had my kid, forget about it. Like the productivity became endless because it's like, I only have this certain amount of nap time to get this done. Or like, I have to be done by six because I have to make dinner and I want to sit at the dinner table with my family. Yeah. Motherhood really changed the game for me. I had just texted a friend yesterday as I was sitting in a parking lot for soccer pickup, you know, trying to use the 15 minute window that I had to sort of meal plan for the week and stuff. And I was like, look, I don't know why moms aren't running everything because the amount of like tiny mental calculations that we do throughout the day to keep stuff running is like, there's nothing that's comparable to that. So I am a hundred percent behind this. I think this is an amazing initiative. Oh, totally. How many times have you all done this thing where it's like, okay, I have to get like this massive laundry list of stuff done, but without even consciously calculating it, you know what you have to get done first, because it's the stuff like for me, it's the computer work and phone stuff. Because if my children are here, there is no way I can sit uninterrupted at the computer. But if I'm folding laundry or if I'm doing cooking, like all of these other things, they're not going to hang out. Cause I'm going to be like, Hey, go get the trash for me or go, you know, like there's things you can prioritize in this gut sense in a moment about what you can get done when the kids are here, when they're not, when it like, it's just so mom, it's mom living. It's so mom living. And again, that is all a real transferable skill set. It really, really is, you know, and motherhood is so they call it the fatherhood bonus, but the motherhood penalty. And like, why? Right? Like, it's not a career killer. If anything, it has made me so much more productive and so much better at everything I do. I'm so much more efficient. And yeah, like the mom brain becomes actually incredibly positive because you're constantly thinking of the laundry list that you have to prioritize. And it becomes second nature really does. It really does. But I like what you said before. I also think motherhood has pushed me personally to hold my boundaries more firm because like you said, I'm going to have dinner with my kids or I don't miss two bedtimes in a row or whatever. Like we all have our boundaries that I know before kids, I was willing to work 14 hour day. I did work 14 hour days. And then you go out with your colleagues or you do all these things and then you don't have a healthier balance. And somehow motherhood really does for me, at least encourage those healthier boundaries that are much more consistent, which lead to an overall healthier life. Amen. I think that it totally yeah, reframes your priorities and forces you to carve out and like time block things, you know, me time, time for my partner, time for my job, time for my kids. And yeah, force you to have those boundaries. Like you just said, Sarah, that's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Can we have a little love fest for moms a little bit more? <laughs> I love me. I love good women who like, it is an experience that should be put out there. I love this idea of being more clear with motherhood because you do have an understanding of someone who is a mother, generally speaking, because there's also a different level of, and for those who don't have kids who are listening, I'm not saying that better or worse, but it's like a different, my heart changed capacity when I had children. I have a depth of my emotions and my empathy that I did not have before giving, you know, bringing these two lives into my world. And so when I know that other people are moms, it's this instant recognition of, oh, you have that heart too. Like you get the world in a different way than I did when I was not yet a mother. And so I love that if we can see that camaraderie in each other on our resumes and understand that in our professional capacity too, that we therefore also have other things pulling at our lives. And we also 
have boundaries and we are also incredible multitaskers. It's like, it ups the respect as opposed to in the past where it's been like, as you said, a motherhood penalty, we can really reframe how we come at motherhood if we stand together and respect that in each other. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's the point of the whole campaign truly is we want to really empower moms to not be shy, put motherhood on your resume. You know, if you are a mom that's hiring right now, look for that and be excited for that and be proud of that and know that you can have a deeper connection with that person for sure. It's so fun talking with you. I've loved this so much. You guys are amazing. Do we want to go in any other direction before I have to go take my kid for a COVID test? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of motherhood and all the things that need to get done. You're still here learning how to uproot systemic racism one conversation at a time. Our fresh news. We have a brand new book that's available for pre-order. So find us on bookshop.org at Dear White Women and order. And then make sure you follow the Dear White Women podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so you can keep getting the newest episodes each Wednesday. And don't forget to rate and review us as you share our show with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Dear White Women Podcast and Twitter at DWW Podcast. And if you love us, support our Patreon or look for ways you can bring us into your place of employment or circle of influence for a talk or ask us about our webinars and consulting work. Thanks for being here. <laughs>